The Coonhound Collective Podcast is brought to you by CZ Welding and Custom Dog Boxes. Dog boxes built by hunters for hunters. Check these guys out today. This is your host, Jason Snurgrove, and I will be your guide as we journey down the road to pleasure hunt or hitting the long trail to those great cop hunts. This is the Coonhound Collective Welcome to the Coonhound Collective Podcast today. Today we uh, we take the podcast and we go west. Um, today I have on the phone with me Mr. Greg Cover, and he has 4G black and tan, 4G leaf black and tan uh, on Facebook. That's where I seen him at. I reached out to him and we were able to connect today. He's uh, doing some running around. Greg, won't you uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from? I'm Greg Cover from Utah, uh, Camas, Utah. And uh, run black and tans, been running black and tans for 25 plus years. Uh, ran mixed dogs and different breed dogs before that. And in the last 25 years, black dogs have suited what I do the most. Run big game, co- uh, coon hunt, comp coon hunt, uh, four leaf black and tans, four leaf uh, transport, a transport. I run goats, four leaf uh, ranch, a welder by trade. And yeah, we got, so you reached out to me and we started talking the difference between big game and coon dogs. And I uh, get a good coon dog. They'll make a heck of a big game dog. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's what really intrigues me. Cause I, you know, I had maybe some misconceptions about that, but before we get into hounds, let, let you mention your goats there. And I've yes, seen sir. this, seen this on YouTube. So, so kind of explain what you do with your goats there. Cause I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. So right, right now. We're down to about 500 goats. We've had up to 2,000 goats uh, anywhere from federal government, state government, cities, uh, private individuals, pastures, uh, property, commercial properties. They rent my goats, and my goats are hired to go out and do weed mitigation, fire mitigation, cleanup of vegetation. So uh, during the warm season, we have our goats out with our helpers, and they eat goats. We're paid by the acre. And we, in the off season, we raise goats and kid them out and sell the uh, the younger ones for meat and goat sales. And been doing that for 20 plus years. Uh, and again, build a by trade. Yeah, I just I think that's pretty cool. Like I said, I I've seen that uh, I've seen that on some YouTube videos here and there, and I've never really knew anybody that done that. But when you said that uh, before we hit record here, I thought that was uh, thought that was pretty cool. So. Um, how did you get into messing with with tree dogs or hounds? Um, I, I'm going to say, like most people, well, especially out west, I uh, we've got the big game, you know, the lion hunt, the bear hunt, and that fascinated me. I was read the book in uh, private school when I was a kid multiple times. Did book reports on where the redford grows. Always loved dogs, and then I got in my late teens and picked me up. Uh, but with what they call a majestic hound, basically a bloodhound. This was crossed with a red bone with a breeder in town. And I knew we had coon, but, you know, again, Utah's not known for coon, so I was going straight for the big game with the hopes of treating some coon. Didn't know what to do, how to do. Went through some trial errors with some majestic hounds, some other, some I tried walker. I've had everything but plot. And then I, uh, Ken Duncan is out this way. He's 80-something years old. Uh, he, I hooked up to him. I've known of him since I was a child. Uh, 
my cousin lived in the area that he did. I didn't want to, just of the competition between family members, I didn't want to run black cans. I wanted to do it on my own, and I wind up giving up and getting with my cousin and Ken Duncan, and I've been running black dogs since. They they introduced me into the competition hunt right away, and I harnessed that and chased that heavily in my younger years, and learned, again, took on the bear, lion, and bobcat hunting with it, too. Yeah, and you mentioned um, where the... Uh where the red fern grows there. And I actually had uh, Mr. Stuart Peterson, who was the gentleman that played Billy Coleman uh, from where the red fern grows on the podcast. Uh, and I was going to look here and I think it was episode 23. And he actually is an outfitter in Wyoming uh, there. And uh, I thought, I thought that was pretty cool. And um, he, he, you know, he, he didn't have a lot to do with hound, uh, coon hounds prior to, to the movie. And, and now after the movie, built houses and, um, and outfits out there. So I thought it was pretty cool. So you got involved with this hounds through the big game side of it. And, and like you said, and like we've talked about, you didn't have, you, you don't have a very large coon population. So how did you transition from, um, predominantly you know running big big game to, to coon hunting i know you still do both but but you've really got involved in coon hunting with competition hunting and stuff now and how, how did you how did you get really get involved in that transition from that hey guys this is jason over at the coon hound collective podcast is your dog box starting to get war maybe it's starting to get a little crack like mine is maybe you've just been thinking about it's time to upgrade to a to a new box but You've asked your buddies and you're just not real sure what direction to go in. Well, let me help you out here. Go check my friends out at CZ Welding and Fabrication Custom Doll Boxes and Aluminum Products on Facebook. You can check out all their custom work they do there and their designs that they do. If you don't see something that you don't exactly like there, reach out to Nathan at 540-810-810. 5439-540-810-5439 or send him a message through the Facebook page. I bet he can fix you up. Don't wait till fall to get that new dog box. Go ahead, get that dog box now. Get you uh, get you something looking good in the back of your truck that, that you can be proud of and that you can haul your dog around in comfort. Check my friends out at CZ Welding and Fabrication. You won't go wrong. Dog boxes built by hunters for hunters. Get yours today. CZ Welding and Fabrication. And well, and again, I partnered up with Ken Duncan. Pretty much took me under his arm. My my cousin Bob Wixom on my first black and tan, and, and they they stressed to me. And Ken at that time, again, Ken's eighty something years old now. Ken's been around the black dogs forever, hounds forever. And in his early years, he had mixed up dogs, but uh, just by his guidance and his mentorship of okay, we start on coons. Uh, he showed me where to go, how to go, coons, and uh, again, everything we started was on coons, and then from there, big game. And I, I, like when I was texting you, if you can get a, an honest tree dog, a good track-minded dog, coon dog, it's going to make a hell of a big game dog, and they usually do. I uh, sidetrack a little bit. I brought a cotton dog here out of the Candace Jr. line, directly out of Candace Jr. Um, I brought him here from Alabama. Uh, as a year, maybe a year old dog, put him on a couple lines, and by the second line, we caught one on the ground, and he acted like he'd been treeing 
chasing lions his whole life. And he was just a young, started coon dog. But yeah, we started, and uh, from there, uh, Ken entered. We had, we actually had some clubs out west back then, some decent clubs. But you know, we're driving six hours to Wyoming, eight hours to Billings, ten and a half hours to, to California, twelve hours to Oregon and Washington. But I got hooked when he introduced me to the the field trials that had coon, coon, uh, night hunts. I just, uh, I like the camaraderie. I like the competition and just ate it up. So in my early 20s to early 30s, I was competition bound, still running big game. Um, the guys that I run big game would give me a lot of, I'd show up with my coon dogs and we'd treat bears and lions right alongside or ahead of their dogs. So yeah, just a transition, just learning from Ken Duncan. I owe him a lot. Um, they're teaching me how to do it. And I've taken some younger people under my arms right now. There's a younger gal in a town away and we're doing the same thing. She sort of tried to start with a big game and she's got dogs and we've been doing turn looses and their dogs have come along. And we always just, the, the key thing with big game is starting them coons with them with coons and then getting them on and they transition easily onto big game. Yeah. And, um, you, you, but before we, we go on here, you, you mentioned, um, Kansas junior and, and, and that dog, what it, is the line of black dogs that you have, are, are they out of stuff from the East or is it something that y'all, y'all kind of brought up where you're at there? What are they out of? Yeah. So the black dogs that I've been running, uh, three days was all Ken Duncan stuff. Ken's Duncan stuff. Uh, his main, uh, fireball dog from, I, I think he got him in 1973 came out of gentleman Jim. So all the dogs are pure, you know, PR dogs, UKC registered PR dogs. Mine are now dual registered and, DNA and all that stuff, but yeah, I started out with Duncan. I still have Duncan lines in my kennel. Uh, I started watching the uh, Jeff Nelson and Northern Rex when he was rocking and rolling in the Buck Two, uh, and then when I started getting the Coonhound magazines way back then, and I was telling Ken, "Hey, we got to we got to get some of that because I think your lines fall back. Why don't we crash that into it?" And he was, "No, no." At that time, he was out crossing to uh, Smithers, Hicks. Uh, and it had some really good crosses. You know, I know Hicks and Duncan have a good relationship. Smithers and Duncan had a great relationship. And they did a lot of outcrossing to each other. Uh, in the meantime, over the last, let's say, 15-plus years, I brought in Junior Lines, Northern Line. My main my main comp dog that I'm hunting with now is Trump. And he's Northern. He's basically directly from Jeff Nelson. Uh, established a relationship uh in the last couple of years, especially with Jeff Nelson, met Jeff Nelson in a 2005 year old. Uh, my boon dog was a Duncan bred dog. We came straight out of bear camp, hit a couple PKCs before the world hunt that week, went in the world hunt. And in my cast, if I would have known the rules and how it worked a little better, I uh, was hunt and, and it wouldn't have withdrew from my cast. I would have been the overall uh, black and tan that year with a, with a good amount of plus points. And Jeff come over to me, introduced himself that year. I said, what the hell are you doing with drone? But and since then, it's been on and off. And again, the last couple of years, two, three years, uh, established a great relationship with Jeff. And he's mentored me and uh, helped me out with some of the competition stuff. Uh, and also need to mention Butch Skipworth in Oklahoma, uh, old, old timer out there that's taking me under his wing too to help me out and get me some spots out in Oklahoma to hunt when I'm out that way. And uh, with his line of dogs, with the junior bred dogs. Yeah, and you you kind of touched on this a, a little bit earlier, but I, I kind of want to bring it into 
to the light here because for, for me, um, and, and I know a lot of people that live out this way um, in, in east of me, you know, I can be to a, to a PKC hunt, you know, four, five, six nights a week, usually within an hour, hour and a half drive of my house. And a UKC hunt, you know, on, on the weekends, pr- pretty regular, you know, around here. But but for you, that's not the case. It, it takes some type of dedication uh, living where you live to to really be into this comp hunt because uh, of the amount of miles and hours you have to drive. And um, what what what's that like? And, and what's the is, is the challenge just getting more people involved out there or, or getting more people involved to, to create clubs to, to help you all out out there? Um, what, what, what's kind of the challenges you have? Um, so the biggest challenges as far as clubs out West, there's a lot of development and we don't have big groves of trees. Uh, usually our, you know, in the higher country, you know, and I'm from the higher country where I live, but, but you get into the pines and the aspens and you, you don't, it's not ideal. There is coon up there, but it's not ideal to hunt, especially like in my property, there's a couple hundred foot elevation change in, in one hill, but uh, you know, back in the back in the early 2000s, we we had clubs. We had clubs in most of New Mexico, again California, Washington, Oregon, Wyoming, here. Um, but I think the guys got older. A lot of the guys got older. Kids didn't really take it up. People get busy with raising kids and what have you. People getting divorced. Um, Again, we have a coon, we have a hound club here, Utah State Houndsman Association, and they get together and maybe have one or two field trial where they do drag races, tree competition. I know Idaho has a setup like that. Montana has a couple setups like that. Montana has EKC. So that's the hardest thing uh, is education and, and getting spots. Uh, uh, getting, we again, we don't have the population. And again, U- uh, Utah, their coons are pests. They're not native to Utah. So there is uh, day or night they can be shot, whatever. Um, so a lot of people just they don't they're not educated on coon hunting. And there's realistically there's probably only a handful of guys out west that can try to get into PKC hunts and UKC hunts. And then my biggest obstacle is, is again I was in Billings a week and a half ago at a UKC hunt, and you know usually it's a good spot. We we're hunting on the Yellowstone River outside of Billings. And my Trump dog led the cast on um, all four casts. You know, it was doubleheader each night, but I was, it was so thick and deep. I only found one coon uh, the one night. And there was, there was points where we could, because we have a, a very evasive tree called the Russian olive tree out here. And they're so thick that we couldn't get up to seeing half the trees. It was PKC. He went all four hunts, but uh, my biggest dilemma right now, I think the closest coon club I go to besides Billings is uh, 14 hours away in Kansas, 14, 16 hours away in Kansas, Oklahoma, 17, 18 hours. I hit the, uh, South Dakota, which is about 14 hours away. Um, and yeah, it's a lot of dedication. I had one kid at a tri-state classic, a P- I think it was PKC a few months ago, a uh, younger kid, I think 17, 18 year old kid. Uh, you know, I know a few guys in that club. It was out of Candace Gerard, Gerard, Kansas. And he asked me, he goes, why do you do it? I do it because I love it. I actually, uh, last week, it was opener of the elk hunt. Had, I got invited to that or I got invited to go bear hunting down in uh, New Mexico. And I chose to go to a coon hunt. Um, I've treated a lot of bears, a lot of lions, but I just, I love to coon hunt. 
Yeah, and you know, I just I wanted you to touch on that because I, I think uh, I know for me, you know, after after talking with you a little bit and and you know, and now and uh, I, I'm kind of spoiled, you know, of, of how close I can go to a competition hunt, and uh, you know, you're you're driving, you know, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen hours just just to go to one, and I mean that really takes some some dedication. Someone that obviously loves the sport and, and loves you know loves being with their hounds in the woods chasing coons. Are you tired of whipping, scolding, and shocking to make them get alone? Is your buddy tired of helping you set your dog up for correction night after night? Do you really want your dog to be alone because you forced him to be? Or would you rather him be alone because he wants to be? Grand Knight Champion Small Town Lone Survivor is the product of over 25 years of strong natural-born independent traits. This bold trait has been passed down from generation to generation and is showing up in Loner offspring today. Loner is a direct son of Hall of Fame Grand Knight Champion Cabin Creek Rowdy and Grand Knight Champion Lonesome Dove Lori. Loner has a booming mouth that is talked about in every cast he has been in, including the 2021 World Hunt Finals. Loner is a no-reverse, ball-mouth-open trailer who ends it plussed up with a huge dying locate and steady chop. Loner loves getting split and is a stay-put gun-pressure tree dog. Loner's intelligence is also impressive. He knows over 12 voice and hand signal commands. Loner has a character that loves like Jesus, but he doesn't walk on water. If you're interested in breeding to Loner, Contact Brett Stevens at Small Town English Kennels at 417-300-3777 or find him on Facebook. If you're interested in running a stud ad for your dog here on the Coonhound Collective podcast, reach out to us at thecoonhoundcollective at gmail.com. Send us a message through Facebook or Instagram, and we'll be glad to get with you to get you an ad built and get you pricing on all of our ads. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, I do. It was well, just my fuel bill and billings. I was about $325 just round trip in fuel bill, um, but it, it was worth it to me. You know, I could have went and some prime bear hunting down in New Mexico. I could have went out on the opener of the elk hunt, but I, I love coon in. And then now that my season, my goat season's clo- slowing down, I, it's been hard to get away. I'll transition over to my transport business, which is four leaf hound and livestock transport. And I use that to, as the excuse to get me out to these hunts and sort of offset the cost of gas and, and, and entry fees. And, uh, you know, again, I'm gonna I'm hustling to try to get a handful of wins on a couple of dogs for TOC, and then I uh, just start getting my money's earned for next year's PKC stuff. Yeah, and you know, man, I, I have to say my hat's off to you. You know, you're spending three hundred dollars in the fuel bill, and here we are out east fussing because PKC went up five dollars on their entry fee, and we're driving fifteen <laughs> minutes down the road. I mean, dude, you're 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 spending some dollars, you know into local economies to go to these hunts and i just uh man i i really just don't even know what to say for for that because 
of the dedication it takes to to travel to to these hunts and, and on top of that you you've been to the ukc world top 100 twice so let, let's talk about that and the dogs that you had uh what when when was the first trip to the top 100 and what dog was you handling so my first trip to the top 100 was in 2005. I was heavy, heavy going to all, again, we had a circuit out here. We actually had a circuit out here called Western Tradition. That was like our little world championship out here in 2000. Well, in the early 2000s, I won it twice with my boondog. He was heavy Duncan bred. Um, again, falling back to the gentleman gym. Uh, we uh, went, we qualified, uh, heck, I can't even remember what RQ we qualified, but the semifinal was, at that time, we actually used to have a zone, and they called it the Western Zone, and it was held in Worland, uh, Wyoming. And Worland, Wyoming, other than uh, Oregon, is one of the hottest coon spots. There are a lot of coon, good, good high scores come out of there. Um, Friday night, uh, four dog casts, didn't do so hot, came in with a dead cast. The next night, I, we came in, I think, 700-something plus points and qualified one of the two. Oh, excuse me. That was, anyways, yeah, Roland was both the zones that I went to. We get went out to Portland, Indiana for the world hunt. Uh, drew uh, Ohio dog, uh, Cloverbred, and she won the cast. I got frustrated just the way things go. I, again, handling was my problem. Didn't get cheated, just handling. And uh, with Drew, and at that time, against Jeff ran into Jeff Nelson for the first time there. Just asked, he just basically stated, "Hey, you were the highest scoring dog. Why'd you withdraw?" And then back in the two, uh, 2009, had my cotton dog. He's a little bit older at that time. Uh, Whirlwind Hunt qualified there. Uh, Western Zone. They take out of, I think there was anywhere from 50 to 70 dogs in the Western United States at that time that would qualify. We'd get about 40 to maybe 50 dogs show up to that zone and they would pick two well the highest two out of there would go and uh so it was pretty pretty hard to go through and uh, this one's embarrassing actually i have a friend that used to be living in utah is in tennessee this one was in tennessee i got out there early actually flew the dog out there earlier than me and then started behind with other dogs and my buddy said the dang dog won't hunt he goes i can't believe you got this dog in the top 100 and i just I said, no, that dog is the real deal, and he's, he's, he's been hunted with other people. I get out there, dog hunts fine. My buddy said, hey, he hasn't hunted like this no, at all for me the whole time he's been here. Won a couple PKCs uh, before we got into the world, and then uh, time zone, we didn't, pay, I, we didn't pay track to keep track. He lives just below Nashville now, and we started on our way, and this is before the fancy GPS is on our phone. This is MapQuest days. And my ex-wife, bless her heart, she was, you know, map questing us over the phone to get there. And uh, we got to Dollyville, and I'm filling up, and I looked at my dang phone, and an hour jumped ahead. I'm like, oh, my gosh, and we still had a little ways to go. We got into the town. I saw the sign, didn't see the sign, should have took a right, would have been on time, went left, went the wrong way, came back. We showed up five, ten minutes late to the, to the sign-in. UKC, Alan Gingrich, bless their hearts. They were going to let me still get in. I didn't want the, uh, I had a, that, that con dog. He was a favorite in the black and tan community. Uh, we had won some hunts. We hunted, we hunted all over the country that year. And I didn't want a cheap one. Rules are rules. So I basically took a scratch withdrawal. They gave me all my awards, asked me to stay. 
and I from there I did, hustled and went drove to uh, Illinois to a memorial black and tan sectional. So that was my <laughs> and I yeah that was my top 100 experience in 2009. Yeah, well, hey, if you you, you made it made it that far, and uh, this year I hunted uh, for the first time in the zones. Had a dog I took up there, and you know you it, you draw some tough dogs in them zones for sure. And so to to, to get through to to get into that top one hundred, that's that's something in itself. So um, what you, you've mentioned PKC a few times. Um, how, how much PKC hunting are, are you doing, and and how much PKC hunting are you looking to do in the future? Uh, uh, real real fast rewind to that 2009 zone the dog that took fifth that year in zone in the world top 100 was a dog from california brady with the blue tick and it, it is tough and that dog was a good dog but every time that i pulled draw that dog out west i beat that dog I'm not saying i could have got that far but congratulations to him especially a dog from out west taking number five that year in the world uh, as far as pkc hunting uh, i'm actually going to focus on that a little bit more um I, I used to be hot and heavy with the UKC because we had UKC clubs out here years ago. Um, I'm, I, uh, I'm not, how did I say this politically? The titles are good, um, but I, for the miles I put, I've got to get some gas money back into the, into the truck and maintenance into the truck uh, and so on. And back in the day when I was chasing these little circuits out here, we would win dog food. So I was pretty much paying dog food build was paid but that's when bags of dog food were 12 to 16 bucks a bag now i'm i'm at almost 30 bucks a bag and feeding a bag a day but uh yeah pkc i have entered some pro sport uh the truck events i entered one of their legacy i think they called integrity series or something like that i entered one of them a couple truck hunts uh the last truck hunt i was in illinois i actually drew Dustin Weed didn't, and Scott Engel had an idea who Scott Engel was. Didn't have an idea who Dustin Weed. Both were gentlemen. I can't remember the other cast member. I wound up withdrawing uh, in the middle of that hunt because uh, it's, it's, it was a 24-hour drive the night before. The day before, we had to travel 14 hours in Nebraska. He showed okay. My Trump dog showed okay. And then just as soon as that hunt was over in Nebraska, we went straight to Illinois. And uh, But then the next night, Saturday night, I was in a zone in South Dakota and uh, one was winning cast the whole cast. And I decided to mishandle and call him when I shouldn't with three minutes left in the hunt and wind up losing that hunt with a minus because of my call. But yeah, I'll focus a lot more on PKC. I'm only concerned on getting my five wins a year on whatever dogs I'm pushing for the TOC. Again, not so worried about the night champion grand night champion titles too much anymore and and just at just a different level of hunting um I, ukc i've ran into more issues with people not being happy to say the lightly pkc especially the level of pkc hunts that i'm paying the money to go to uh the guys are more professional they and it's just it's, it's business and it's it's competition and i like that competition i like that competition yeah, and I would agree with what you said there. Um, and I love I love Alan and, and Trevor and UKC, and I and I hunt UKC. Um, but but I have really enjoyed some of the guys that I hunt with with the it, with PKC. And I actually have a I'm the hunt director for our PKC club here in uh, Aurora, Missouri. Um, but one one of the things there, and, and this I keep hearing this um, 
is you, I mean, you obviously travel a long way with your hounds to hunt. And I know a lot of guys talk about dogs don't travel well and stuff like that. How, how are you preparing these dogs to, to travel and perform once you get to a place? Um, it, are you getting there early and hunting them? Or do you just load them up and go in? Or your dogs just don't have that issue? Um, my, I, I think with the travel we do, big game hunting, the roads that they're roaded on, when we're big game hunting, when we're rigging in rigging boxes, um, it has, I'll be honest, a couple of the times when I went to a couple of the pro sport hunts, I, you know, plan to be there a couple of days early, find some property to, you know, acclimate them on. But at last minute, helper quits or goats get out and I, I wind up leaving midnight oil running. So for the, this, this Trump dog and, and this other boss dog that I've been pushing, they're actually pretty special because I'm stopping bare minimum and running. Uh, they've transitioned, uh, acclimated. I, th- I think all dogs have to acclimate, but I think we've done enough traveling that they know how, you know, when we were last time we were in Kansas going to that truck hunt over in Illinois, it was hot, you know, it was 16 hours straight. We were, I barely got him out to water, get him back in. You know, we did get there settled. We usually get, if things are run, running midnight oil, we're there an hour or two before if things work out the way I planned. We're there a day or two before. If they got a little bit of rest on them, uh, they hunt really well. If it's midnight oil, they still, I'm not going to say I've got any world beaters, but I've hunted it against some really good handlers and some really fine hounds in these bigger hunts. And I'm, I'm proud to say these dogs have handled pretty well for the most part in traveling these distances and, and hunting against the competition we've been lined up against. Yeah, I was just, you know, curious maybe if the if the big game thing, the roading and and the rigging and stuff like that plays into um for lack of better words, preparation uh for for the amount of traveling that you have to do um just to get to a hunt. Yeah, I I, I do think it is cuz you know, our dogs when we're bear hunting, we're we're traveling horrible, you know, some roads are decent, but most of them are horrible washed out logging roads, you know, and they're, they're, I'm packing in my dog box. I can fit 16, 18 dogs comfortably in a two section dog box. So they're crammed in there and, and they're, and then I've got X amount of dogs on top rigging. So yeah, I think that transition and they're, they're, they're taught that at a young age. So they're from puff up, they're learning how to do that. Yeah. And that's something I was going to bring into it was I'm sure, uh, I don't know how early or how, how young, but I'm sure at a young age, you're, you're probably taking pups along just, I guess, getting them used to riding and rigging and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. I take them, I get them started, you know, again, showing them coon, you know, I don't, and I'm not dumping a six month old pup that barely knows what a coon out on. I'll maybe walk that something like that into a tree just for giggles. Um, but yeah, I do have pups. And then with my transport business, you know, I've got a big dog foot trailer. I've got a dog box that's going back to truck. You know, we're spending weeks on end out on the road. So my dogs that, you know, the main dogs I'm pushing are dogs that are, I'm taking out to training facilities, what have you, or going out to certain spots when I can get out there and people will let me on some of their hunt spots to just train dogs. So we're, we're traveling quite a bit. It's quite a unique setup that I've got going on with my dogs. Yeah, and you uh, you mentioned some some training facilities there, and I know uh, before we hit record, you were talking and you were talking about some gentlemen that you that you play some dogs with. Um, 
is that just to kind of help you get those dogs going on coon uh, because you're you're so busy or you have so many dogs going on or um, you know what kind of relationship do you have with those yeah. dogs because it, it takes I know it takes a several people to to make this go around. Yeah, so and again, I'm sort of a little maverick doing it by myself, financing everything myself, not partnered up with anybody. I found it's a little harder in the black and tan world to get that partnership going with a few people but yeah i've since i'll get dogs lightly started uh younger dogs and i'll ship i've uh got four young females down in doug isaac's training facility uh down in oklahoma and then i've got a contact jeff scott out of illinois he takes the older dogs that are just sort of sitting and these are big game dogs that i've done that I'll, there's a couple that i'll probably push a comp but most they're just big game dogs good comp, pleasure comp dog pleasure hunting dogs that he's running them six to seven nights a week for me. And it, the amount of dogs I got, my schedule with the ranch, um, I, I just need a little assistance. And some people say it's cheating, but I trust these guys. They've been gentlemen. They're, they, I back them 100%. They're doing what they say they're going to do. I get tons of pictures, tons of videos. Um, I also fishing around, I don't know if I can say this, but fishing around for some handlers, some professional handlers, because I do have, some dogs that are, are, are ready for comp and I'm just one guy running all the way around the United States from Utah. It, it gets a little hard to do that all by myself. Yeah, for sure. And, and like I said, I, I've interviewed several people on here and you know, they're the, the one key, uh, common denominator is it, it it takes multiple people to if you have multiple dogs to 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 get out there and you have to have you got you got to have people that that's willing to help you and, and and get out there and actually put the time in for sure yeah well and again i run a bigger kennel on spring bear like we used to run be able to run unlimited uh, some jack wagons here locally some out-of-state hunters coming in and mess those laws up for us but I can handle 16 dogs by myself in the lake, and most of them aren't even on leash when I'm handling on big game. During the rest of the year, rest of pursuit season, we're handling up to eight dogs. And I try to run, you know, depending on where I'm at, I'll run a pack, and if we've ran a good bear one day, I'm, I'm running a, a, a whole different pack the next day just to keep it exciting and keep the training going. Yeah, and – um you you know I, I I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about where where you live out there and obviously you have your ranch and, and your 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 business with your goats and stuff is that what keeps you out there I mean is there something that keeps you out there that keeps you from moving east to be to be more closer to to some of this stuff or uh, you know just being from out there or, or I mean because. To me, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, if I if I really like, you know, coon hunting and running these circuits, I, I might would try to get a little closer to to where there's a, a population of of more of these hunts going on. Yeah, that that is a good question. Um, up until a couple of years ago, I I would have probably picked up and moved because uh, I can do this stuff with my goats pretty much anywhere in the United States. Raise them for me, right? Do the weed control, fire breaks, etc. Recently, in the last couple of years, my younger son passed away, so it's Stigman. I'm here, and then I like the mountains. I love the mountains. I recreate in the mountains for my big game hunting. Uh, I snowboard in the wintertime. Um, I'm a Utah guy through and through. Uh, I do love it out in the Midwest, back east. I am right now with looking in Missouri, looking in Kansas, 
looking in uh, right now my primary spot I'm looking is uh, Oklahoma for spread and just somewhere to put a camper on I don't need a it's just me now uh, so yeah I want to get more serious about this so and again the last couple of years my youngest son passed away so this last couple of years if it would have been before that I probably already had a, uh, a spread bot where I could put a camper or a little cabin on and so I can concentrate more time um, as I, I do want to get away from the weed mitigation the renting out my goats once I can do that and focus on to another avenue I'm doing with my goats I don't have to be home as much my goats will be stationary in paddocks of land or bigger land that I don't need to be here if a thousand goats get out and start eating down a neighborhood what have you but yeah that that is on the future again I mentioned Butch Skipworth uh, he lives out of Holdenville I've been looking anywhere in the the that area up into where the tri-state area uh, if and then something I can transition a few goats out that way to make money while I'm out that way also yeah well I um I'm sorry to hear about your son I I didn't didn't realize that and uh, I know that's got to be tough uh for sure to to go through we just had a family in our our church here that that lost their daughter so I know that's a that's a tough situation uh for sure there and if you're listening to this reach out to greg if you have a place because you hear he's he's looking for something out here where you can put him put him a camper so uh reach out to him and and uh and if you have something you know available or if you know of something for sure so we covered a lot of stuff one of the things that i I wish i would probably ask at the beginning uh, of this but um you've kind of mentioned a little bit of terrain and you know for for me as far as coon hunting i've I've been out to the edge of oklahoma and that's really as far um west as i've been coon hunting i kind of know what that land looks like what what kind of terrain features what what kind of terrain are you hunting in and and you know is it you know river bottoms mountainous you know kind of kind of describe what what kind of hunting ground you have yeah so my my main ranch home base is 6800 feet above sea level and it's in the high mountains big game hunting it's it's mountainous it's big bowls big you know up like yesterday i was cutting wood and we were 9900 feet above sea level but we're chasing bears and elk up in that country lions uh, so it's mountainous steep deep uh, i'm getting older so i i prefer to try to stay the easier pass but uh, again the bears and lions usually don't agree with that as far as coon hunting um, my easiest spot is on a river bottom it's called the provo river it's flat for the most part. Um, in the wintertime, I'm knee-deep in snow uh, in the wintertime, but it's it's flat, but there is a lot of uh, draws or canyons that get mountainous that I hunt in. And, I, again, getting older, it's I get lazy. I want it, but it makes good coon dogs uh, hunting in some of the rugged country. And I've, I've been in the hills. There's some good steep, deep stuff, and that's the best I could describe some of uh, – the, the the draws or the mountain hunting I do, but I, I tend to try to simulate what I know I'm going to be hunting in back east uh, to tackle my my dogs the best I can when I get back there. Yeah, well, 
like I said, I, I, I know that you, you got some way bigger hills than what we got around here. And, and I, I kind of <laughs> figured it was, it was kind of mountainous, you know, we, 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 we have what we call, call hills here and, it, and it's rough hunting for, for this part of the country for sure. But, um, I'm sure it's, it's nothing, nothing like, like what you're hunting in out there. Um, well, we've been at it right at 40 minutes and, uh, I, I don't want to hold you up no longer than you have, but do you, you have anything else you wanted to add? Um, anybody you wanted to give a shout out to or anything before we, before we close this down? I'm, I'm just, thank you. Thank you for having me on here. Uh, thank you for, again, just bringing the light to what we go through uh, out here at West. Again, the circuit used to be way bigger. Um, I'm, I'm, I haven't guided for years, but again, just to do, just to sort of stay self-sufficient, I'm uh, breaking down and getting my guy's license. So my dogs will be, I'll be busy, big game uh, hunting with my guy's license and then running back east to uh, competition hunt. And then again, if I could find a, a spread, I'll spend X amount of time out there. I am going to push a state hunt PKC series. I am going to push the uh, championship PKC and again, get the five wins and do the TOC and try to qualify for the UKC and PKC Worlds. But thank you again. Thanks for the support of the guys at the clubs that have welcomed me when I've come to your clubs, uh, anywhere from South Carolina to Missouri to Illinois. Uh, thanks, Jeff Nelson, Ken Duncan, Calvin Pohl, uh, Butch Gifworth, Del Sandal for being mentors and, uh, let's let's keep the sport going and pass it down to our youth yeah hey i couldn't say it best better myself and if you get out to to southwest missouri uh we have a uh our club has a pkc hunt uh the fourth monday of every month um you're you're more than welcome at our club it's aurora missouri and like i said there's there's a there's several clubs right there um around us that that have hunts you know the week prior and during that same week too so um you know if you get out this way and you need somewhere to 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 hit a club you're you're more than welcome to to come join us we'd love to have you uh have you for sure and hey i appreciate your dedication to the sport it takes it takes a a a great dedication to travel the the hours and put the miles on a vehicle that that you are to uh to just go chase a coon in the woods I appreciate it and look forward to meeting you and, and getting out of your club here soon. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Well, um, if you don't have anything else, I think we, we've kind of covered quite a bit of, uh, of ground there maybe we can have you back in the future and Hey, we, we may be looking at you on a, on a Coonhound bloodlines cover or a PKC pro hound cover, uh, with one of your dogs here, here in the, in the future. Uh, sounds like you got some, some really good hounds and, um again i appreciate you taking the time to be on here i know, know you're busy and you're running around taking care of stuff today so i really do appreciate you taking the time to get on here with me today i appreciate everything you're doing i appreciate your time hopefully we can meet up again soon thank you yeah thank you talk to you soon yeah thanks guys for listening to the coon collective podcast today we really appreciate you taking your time out of your day to listen to the podcast if you don't mind head over to facebook and give us a like and head over to instagram and give us a follow it's both at the coon collective also if you would like to reach us here at the coon collective you can reach us at the coon collective at gmail.com if there's someone that you would like to hear on the podcast or a product that you would like to hear talked about please send it to the coon collective at gmail.com thanks again again. Have a great day.